Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we do give you thanks that you've given us this day, that you've given us this moment, that you've given us yourself. And we pray now that as we draw near to your word, we will be mindful of the ways in which you have already drawn near to us, equipping us for this moment of preaching, preparing us to receive your word, empowering us to go from this place to do works in your name. Lord, here we are now. Come and dwell within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The children's sermon that I offered today gets at an understanding of our spirituality that I really is a bit of a bedrock principle for me, or at least it's, it's an easy way that I find to, to keep myself in balance, to keep my faith in balance. Uh, it's the three H's of spirituality. A faith that speaks to your head, a faith that speaks to your heart, a faith that finds expression in the work of your hands, right? We want a, we want a faith that, that stirs us, stirs our minds, that takes our intellect, that takes the, the gifts of reason and thought that God gives us, and that speaks to that, that inspires us to think, to think through things, to be a people of the mind, but also a people of the heart, a people who are passionate, a people who are, who are loving, yes, but a people who, who recognize, who, 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 when we see injustice in the world, are, are stirred uh, to do something about it, a people who are stirred with compassion, a people who are stirred to love, and then a people of hands, of active hands and feet, to do good works, to lift those who have fallen, to reach out in kindness, not to clench our fists in anger. I think that's a simple way to keep ourselves, our faith, in balance, a faith of the head and the heart and the hands. I'll admit, though, that in the course of preaching, I I probably lean closer to the heart and the hands. Those are a little bit easier messages to get, to to preach a message that speaks to our emotion, to our heart, that that calls for faithful action. The heart and the hands are are, are one thing, but but the mind, the head, it's a more challenging task, I think. It's also why I included this passage before us this morning from the book of Joshua in this series, through that book. This, ser- this passage, I don't think I've ever heard a sermon preached on this passage, much less preached one myself. It's a strange moment in the scripture. But as I was reading the book of Joshua this summer, preparing for this, it caught my ear and caught my eye, and I said, I'm going to push myself to preach on, on this strange passage. passage. The scene, uh, as we've been following, the people have now crossed over the Jordan River. They're preparing to move on into the land. They know that one of the first tasks in the land is uh, to conquer this city of Jericho that stands before them. But before that happens, Joshua experiences this strange encounter. Is it an angel? Is it a human? He encounters a being on the road dressed in the tools and weapons of war. And Joshua asks a very interesting question. He says, are you for us or are you against us? And the commander of the armies of heaven says, neither one. And Joshua is taken back by that. And the commander of the uh, uh, forces of heaven um, pushes Joshua to think about what's happening in this moment. 
And Joshua realizes that there's really, truly only one proper response in this moment, and that is to worship, to take off his shoes and to recognize that he's standing in the presence of holiness and to worship, to worship. When I first read that passage, I was reminded of that, uh, uh, that famous quote from Abraham Lincoln in the midst of uh, the Civil War, uh, where he's asked if he thought God was on the side of the Union, Abraham Lincoln's side. Lincoln said, sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. And I think that's an important quote and helps us to get at what's going on in this passage a little bit. Because it's a powerful reminder that there are higher goals than our goals. There are higher aims than the aims you and I might come up with. And I think we have to acknowledge that each one of us has a capacity, each one of us has a tendency even, to kind of deify our own concerns, to deify our own agenda, and to make our aims, to confuse what we want with what God might want for us. And that can lead us to a very rigid place, a very rigid faith, when we confuse and conflate what we want with what God wants. Joshua's encounter with the stranger on the road to Jericho reminds us that God's ways are not our ways. In fact, God's ways can seem quite mysterious and even strange to us. What I mean by this, we see it all the time uh, in ways small and in ways large. We have an idea. It's a good idea. It seems just. Our cause is true. Our, our, our motives are good. But along the way, we, we lose sight of how we pursue those ends, right? We have that tendency, right? I'm just trying to protect my family. I'm just trying to make a better life for my family. So what if I cheat a little bit on my taxes, if I cheat a little bit at work? It's, I'm just trying to help. Just, it's a good idea, right? Or we see it in the cause of, certainly we see it in the cause of international politics, right? It's a good idea. We're protecting freedom. We're extending freedom and justice around the world. Yeah, sure, we have to stomp on a couple people's human rights in order to achieve justice, but it's a good idea, right? It's the right thing to do. Joshua's encounter with the commander of heaven's army reminds us, calls us to slow down and truly think about what we're up to. Think about what our actions truly say about who we believe God to be and what we believe God call it, what we believe that God is calling us to do. To get at this even further, there's a classic scene in C.S. Lewis's Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe where uh, you know the story, right? The, the 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 central figure of it is a lion, right? And this is the Christ figure lion Aslan, right? And there's this in, in, encounter. It comes up a, a few times in that series uh, about uh, that the lion is described as untamed, as a wild animal. And uh, because of that, there's a, there's a great line where, where Mr. Beaver, one of the talking beavers in this story, uh, is describing Aslan. And he says, of course the lion isn't safe, but he's good. Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. I think there's some thought-provoking, faith-provoking thought in that question. Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. 
Sometimes we, uh, we, we take, uh, we, we, we reduce God to kind of our divine seal of approval, right? God, here's what I have planned. Bless it, please, so that I can get about the work that I want to do. And sometimes it's God who comes to us and says, no, 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 no. There's going to be another plan. There's going to be another way to move forward. Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. Of course he isn't safe, but there's love and there's grace. Furthermore, in Jesus, we see this at work in today's uh, gospel lesson. There's so many uh, gospel passages from which I could have pulled this, where where Jesus uh, just won't conform to the boxes that people have lined up for him. He just doesn't want to play their game. He's trying to elevate them to think in a different way. Here in this uh, passage today, it's Jesus kind of turning this question on its head. They're trying to trap Jesus. They want to... uh, corral Jesus as some kind of blasphemer, as some kind of wild man. And, and he pushes them a little bit. He pushes back, asks them about this question about John the Baptist. And they get caught up in that and say, well, if we, if we say that John was a human, uh, they'll call us blasphemers. If we say he was from heaven, which he probably was, we think, then they'll wonder why we didn't listen to him. Right? It's that way in which Jesus refused to be conformed to our boxes. So before we move on with the book of Joshua in this series in the coming days, this passage kind of serves as a bit of a safety valve for us. Because this is, I'll tell you, next week the story starts to get violent. We move into stories of war and battle, and it's really some of the more challenging stuff in the book of Joshua. But before that, we have this moment, this little steam release. Lest we think that what we do uh, is always uh, God's doing. This is the passage that causes us to stop, to humble ourselves before God, and to offer up to God all that we would do, all of our plans, all of our machinations, and say, God, show us the way. Here's the best that I can come up with, God, but I need you to come into this plan as well. Correct it where it's messed up. Show me in the way that I should go. Show me if this is even worth going through or if I should set it aside and pursue something else. And we need that. The church so desperately needs that. It's so easy for us to to just charge forward saying, what what could be better? We want to grow the church. We want to make a difference in our community. And we just charge ahead and we sometimes miss, miss out on what God might really be calling us to do. And to discover what that is, we must follow Joshua's example to humble ourselves for we're standing on holy ground to acknowledge that all that we say and all that we do has its center in God's gift to us, God's perfect gift to us in Jesus Christ, who comes to show us the way, who comes to show us a better way than the one that we could make ourselves. So before we move forward, Let's remember that in times of worship, sometimes the greatest thing we can do is just to be, to take a deep breath, to thank God for this moment, and to say, God, show me the way to go. For I need you, God. I need you to open my eyes. I need you to open my heart. I need you to open my hands so that I might do and be the person you call me to be. And if we would do that, we will truly come to a deeper understanding of what it is to be a people of good news. So thanks be to God for this good news today. Thanks be for the one who receives our worship. Thanks be to God for the holy ground on which we stand. Amen and amen.